Welcome to Transcendent. I'm Joe, and I'm the dad. And I'm Raya, and I'm the daughter. Our guest today is a good friend of mine, really a good friend of mine. In fact, he sends me emails, and he signs it, your fan. I love that. <laughs> and I am a fan. This is Dr. Pete Gasper. Dr. Pete Gasper uh, is very familiar with the animal world because he is, actually he's a veterinarian, but a lot more. Uh, Pete, give us a little background about that. Well, after I went to veterinary school, I graduated in 1980, um, I got smitten with the world of biomedical research. And so I went immediately from getting a veterinary degree to getting a Ph.D. So anyway, I'm a recovering academic. I was a professor for years, and in fact, I'm the former chief of comparative medicine at the National Institute on Aging. And I'm excited to be here tonight because um, my shtick is comparative medicine. I really am more a scientist than I am a veterinarian. So, but uh, what we're talking about here is we're talking about what's natural and what's not natural. And we want to talk about, about homosexuality. And uh, uh, is this something that is natural? I mean, there's a lot of people who say it is and a lot of people who say it isn't. If you simply were to Google homosexuality in animals, um, there's actually a singular page that shows up. And I think they mention, you know, like 400 and some species in which homosexuality has been documented. Mm -hmm. If it occurs in animals, it's natural. So the curse of, of humans is that we think we're exceptional. So it's like American exceptionalism, we, in essence, have human being exceptionalism, and we think we're special, but we're not. And so, really, what I'm hearing you say is that when people say, oh, well, homosexuality, that's not natural, that is more people projecting onto reality what they wish reality was and trying to say, this is my idealized version but it doesn't actually match with the reality of what we see. Right, you're spot in on. That you know, I'm sitting here with two substantial scientific papers about one is titled "Sexual Partner Preference in Animals and Humans," and another one is titled "The Neurobiology of Gender Identity and Sexual Orientation." Societal acceptance of homosexuality lags behind the science. And so, yes, yeah, so tell us a little bit about these papers here. So, now this is not your area of study, but you are well equipped to study this because of your, your background. So you know where to go, you know how to Bingo. do the research. I mean, it's, it's something that the genetics of homosexuality. And so I drew a little Venn diagram here in which what the science shows is that there are kind of three main things that go into the recipe for homosexuality. And for those of you, that I don't think I have any way to post this online, but for those of you that can't see it, which is 
every one of you. What we're seeing here is a diagram with three overlapping circles. Uh, sometimes you'll see the Venn diagrams where they don't over, all overlap, but in this case, all three are overlapping, so you have uh, a middle section that ha contains part of all three. Uh, so tell yeah, us And in tell that us middle in section, circle. I wrote LGBTQ. Okay. So the three components are hormones, specifically testosterone, during gestation. The second circle is genetics and the influence of androgens and environment on the genetics, and we call that epigenetics. And then the final is the environment, specifically congenics or older brothers. For example, in the hormones, if you were a mad scientist and wanted to create homosexual rats, what you do is you inject them with testosterone at a critical time during pregnancy. And you'll end up with a total litter of homosexual rats. And so you're saying that there's, we, we've discovered that there is absolutely then a cause for it that we can see going back to those earliest times of formation. Right. That, you know, if you look at mysteries and puzzles to be solved, one of the biggest puzzles in biology is gestation or what we call developmental biology. So developmental biology is a term that's given for studying what happens between the time that a sperm and egg unite, which is two cells, and then I'm sitting here as a community of about 40 trillion cells. And so at a given time during gestation... Don't sell yourself short. <laughs> so at a given stage of gestation, it's just a ball of cells. So you go from two cells to four cells to eight cells to 16 cells to 32 to 64, blah, blah, blah. So you have this exponential growth. So you can take a ball of those cells and you can take a cell that should be destined to be the heel of your foot and move that cell to a brain cell. The cell that should have been your heel turns into a brain cell, and the cell that should have been a brain cell turns into your heel. And we don't understand all those steps and the various communication. And so you back up on genetics. One of the areas that's been studied in homosexuality are twins. And so you could argue if it was genetic, if you've got genetically identical twins, how is it that sometimes one twin is LGBTQ and one is not? And, you know, it's questions like that that scientists tackle. What we know about genetics, there's been a hunt for the, the genes that cause homosexuality. The, there's been a hunt, but they, they they have not captured the answer. Right. So that's interesting. Now, I don't want to get away from the subject, but just out of curiosity, there's been a lot of studies here we're talking about in the animal world about, <clears throat> about uh, whether or not this is natural. And there are other things that are human 
add that I wonder, do those same emotions, those same things happen in the animal world? Are there studies like that too? For example, are there, are there studies that show that animals show jealousy? Uh, or oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. other types of emotions. Are, are those are those studies that, that people yeah, have been doing as well? I, I would say probably the two authors which immediately come to my mind are a zoologist, animal behaviorist by the name of Patricia McConnell, who used to be on National Public Radio and Wisconsin Public Radio. I, I remember that. I remember that. Yeah, name. she wrote a book titled for the love of a dog, and it's all about emotions in dogs. Oh. And then the world's authority is an interesting woman with autism. Mm -hmm. Her name is Temple Grandin. But, you know, one of the many letters behind my name is um, D-C-L-A-M, which means I'm a diplomate of the, labor of the American College of Laboratory Animal Medicine which in essence means I'm an animal policeman for the use of animals behind the closed doors of research. And you can know as a citizen that the animals behind the closed doors of research are well taken care of. Mm -hmm. So and sort of like in movies where they say no animals were harmed, you are that for, but for research. We're talking about uh, whether or not uh, this is a natural thing that occurs in animals. Where are we in that regard? Do we have some definitive answers? Oh, definitely, yeah. Okay, let's talk a little bit about that. Well, again, I would say to your listeners, you know, here there are multiple species. I think penguins are the most noteworthy, that another wonderful book is a book titled Dr. Tatiana's Sex Advice to All Creation. Hmm. And the author, I'm, I'm spacing her name, but anyway she wrote kind of the authoritative book on the evolutionary biology of sex. And again, if you back up even further, if you look at the last 40 years of Nobel Prizes in either medicine or physiology, there's only one of those Nobel Prizes that didn't involve the use of animals. Mm -hmm. And that was Barbara McClintock's work working with corn and transposable genetic elements. But animals and research in animals is the way we get to the truth. Well, maybe on a different podcast you can talk about that working with corn. If you are, I'm all ears. <laughs> there's, there's Joe. I love the guy. <laughs> Let's say somebody comes, they're listening to the, this podcast, and they say, well, how do I know that what you're saying is true? Okay, so you say that we see it, what are the facts? Are there some things that you can pull out from yeah, the Yeah, I'd be happy here? to. That um, If we look at the paper titled Sexual Partner Preference in Animals and Humans, I'll just read from the abstract. It says, This presentation reviews available evidence indicating that these different mechanisms play a significant role in the control of sexual partner preference in animals and humans. In other words, the homosexual versus heterosexual orientation. Clinical and epidemiological studies of phenotypically selected populations indicate that early actions of hormones and genetic factors 
clearly contribute to the determination of sexual orientation. The maternal embryonic environment also modifies the incidence of male homosexuality via immunological mechanisms. The relative contribution of these mechanisms remains, however, to be determined. Okay. Now, for those of us that are not well-versed in reading academic literature, tell me what that means in English. <laughs> well, we return to that Venn diagram that, you know, they talk about hormones, specifically testosterone during gestation. They talk about genetics and androgen environment influenced and, and then environments. The bottom line is why would you choose to potentially be excommunicated from your family, from your church? Right. We've talked about that before. I say that's not something that you say, gee, things are going great. I think I'm going to change. The data shows that sexual orientation occurs later in gestation. It's not what is in your pants. It's what's between your ears. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. I've heard that many times. That's uh, what, what, <clears throat> what you're saying is what we've been talking about for quite a while, and that is that it really isn't a choice that I can choose to go this way or that way. The body's already made that decision which way it wants to go, and you can fight it, but the decision has been made. What is the final message you would like to bring to our listeners? Our listeners are here looking for some kind of direction that says, this is what I know. This is in my studies, what I have discovered, and here are some facts I know for sure. Well, I guess I'd, I'd return where we started, that, you know, is homosexuality natural? And the answer is yes. And then the proof, does homosexuality occur in animals? The answer is yes. And you said, how many... How many different species did you mention? 400? I want to say 487. Well, all right. Well, this is good to know. And it's there's so many people that will use that argument as a weapon to hurt people in the LGBTQ community and to say, well, it's not natural, and to shame and make people feel really, really bad. And your message here today is... That's not right because we see it. Anything that science has to say is saying that it's not unnatural. And we should expect that if we see this in the animal kingdom, that we would see it among ourselves as well. You're spot on. Yeah, I would say get over it. Get over it. I like that. <laughs> because oftentimes that's the weapon that's used against our community. Just get over it and just be normal. And we are being normal. We're being ourselves. We're being our most authentic selves that we can be. You've said that many times on this podcast, how you actually finally feel the happiness you've been searching for. Yes. 
We thank you so much for tuning in. We would love your feedback. What do you think about this? Are these topics that you've thought about before? Uh, do you have your own views? You can email us and let us know. Maybe you've got some comments about today's topic or other topics that we've covered, or you've just got some ideas that you would like to see us cover. Dad, where can they reach us? We can, you can reach us at transdescended at gmail.com. We're so grateful to have you tune in. Thank you so much for being a listener here. And we're looking forward to speaking with you next week. Thank you.